So last week's episode was all about asking good questions. I talked about the five W's and an H. That's who, what, when, where, why, and how. I talked about continuation questions. I talked about if you could wave a magic wand, which is a great question for getting people to start thinking outside the box. And all of that question asking stuff was focused, at least in that episode, on market discovery. Interviewing people to find out about their problems, what they're doing about them, what they've tried. And this is product management 101, right? Finding and validating market problems. Last week, there was a LinkedIn post that I read. It wasn't one of mine on asking questions, but I think it was a comment on a Justin Welsh post about online courses. And this guy, Craig Davis, said, one course I've gotten a lot of value from is Joshua Miller's course, Using Questions to Foster Critical Thinking and Curiosity. And Craig went on to say that he learned that the questions you ask can shape your life, that asking better questions has specific benefits like it helps you foster critical thinking skills, it boosts your self-confidence, it enhances creativity, it improves your problem-solving skills. And when you're interested in others, which you show by asking questions, you build better relationships. And overall, curiosity increases productivity. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting. You're listening to episode 115 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast with me, your host, Nels Davis. And in this episode, a few more thoughts about questions driven in part by that comment that I read on a LinkedIn post. You can find the show notes for this episode at secretsofpm.com slash 115. There will be links to some related episodes, including the last one, episode 114, where I talked about asking questions. I'll link to the LinkedIn post that I mentioned. Joshua Miller has a website. His course is on LinkedIn, and he has a website. And there's a few related books, which I will link to as well in the show notes. So, as I said, the last episode was focused primarily on using questions to do market discovery. But I did mention that the continuation questions, which are, tell me more, that's the first one, and, and then what, which are questions that you use or sort of comments or continuation tools for continuing the conversation. Those are great for getting more information. They work great in normal conversations, not just market discovery, especially if you want to get a little deeper and create a connection with the person. And over the course of the week, in addition to seeing that comment from Craig Davis, I also came up with another post myself, and that was around the thought of another question that, that also works both in normal conversations and in discovery conversations. And that question is, what surprised you? Now, normally you're going to customize that to the particular situation. What surprised you about onboarding with our product compared to the other products you've used, for example? Or for a normal conversation, it might be something like, what surprised you most on your first trip to Italy? power of this question is it's going to get you into the things that are different, the novelties, the obviously the surprises, the things that aren't expected. And those can be really valuable both in discovery as well as just in having an interesting conversation with someone. You're going to help somebody drill down into the thing that, that isn't just the normal thing that they might talk about about their trip to Italy, but what was the most unusual thing. Now, Italy's so great that, you know, there's lots of unusual stuff. So... Getting back to Craig Davis's comment, it helped me understand that the power of asking great questions goes so much further than market discovery. He mentioned personal growth. He mentioned self-confidence. Who doesn't want more of that? And you can build it via asking good questions. You know, the five W's and an H are a great basis for this. And I'm sure the Josh Miller 
course can give you a lot more insight into that. But if you think about confidence, it's a funny thing for product managers, right? We live in this world of uncertainty all the time, and we live on the boundary maybe between certainty and uncertainty. We have to make decisions in a state of great uncertainty, and yet we often need to appear to be confident despite not knowing everything. And for no other reason than to be more persuasive because confidence is persuasive. So luckily we have this tool, asking good questions. Asking good questions reduces uncertainty and enables you to build confidence in a situation. And often you can go from educated guessing to actually inform knowledge with the right set of questions. Now, there's always going to be uncertainty, but you can reduce it again with that right kind of discovery with the right questions. So that's my perspective on confidence and asking questions. I'd actually love to hear your thoughts about what you think about how becoming better at asking questions can improve your confidence. Craig also mentioned using questions for problem solving. Now this piqued my interest because as a product manager, I try to keep my head in problem space a lot of the time. So I think of using the questions that I talked about before to explore problems, getting to their root causes and impacts, validating that they're worth solving. And those are fundamental steps to solving the problems, of course. But we're not done when we found and validated the problem. Now we get to create solutions to those problems. That is, we work with our teams to do that. And how do questions help in this case? Well, I thought of a few questions that I might use to help me explore solution space, such as, how do other people solve this problem? Are other applications solving similar problems to this one? And can we copy or emulate what they do? Maybe somebody solved this problem already and we can just take advantage of the thinking that they did. Or we can look at the current manual solution to the problem. And this is in the case where we've discovered a problem that exists amongst our customers or our target customers, and they need a solution. They're trying to do a solution themselves, but it's manual, which means it's probably time consuming and error prone. So can we simply automate the current manual solution to this problem? Or do our automation tools, meaning our coding and things like that, give us another way to approach the solution? So oftentimes, a solution in an enterprise software application is really just the manual version just automated. The alternative is that it's totally different from the manual solution and it's better for one reason or another because of that. And finally, if you could wave a magic wand, how would we solve this if there were no technical limits, for example? Another good question to help explore solution space. As product managers, one of our most useful roles in the solution space area is to ask these kinds of questions. We're not here to create the solutions, and we don't necessarily know the answers to these questions. That's what our dev teams, who are problem-solving experts, are meant to be helping with. But we can use questions like these to prompt the team as they're coming up with their great solution alternatives. Craig also mentioned using questions to gain certainty. And so what are some ways we're asking questions help us gain certainty? Well, I often say, for example, you can't trust anything a customer says. And this is typically when they ask you to make a particular enhancement. Customers always have reasons for the enhancements that they request, but you still can't trust them. You have to do some discovery to find out what's behind the request. Basically, the customer is in solution space because they're looking at your product and they're saying, well, I'd like it to do this thing, but they haven't done the work in the problem space and we have to do that. So we use a similar set of questions to understand the real problem behind the enhancement request and often their idea, of course, is not the best solution to that problem, and we can come up with a better solution. I always use the example of, we'd like you to turn this button green. 
and you start asking questions, why do you want the button green? Well, that's the button that we always click on, and it's confusing to find it with all the other buttons that are on that screen. As you drill down on doing discovery for that situation, you might find out that actually for most clients, the only button they ever click is that one button. And so why don't we eliminate all the other buttons? In fact, why don't we eliminate all the buttons altogether and just automatically make the thing that the green button was going to make happen, make that happen automatically. And that's a much better solution than turning a button green in a big field of buttons. So finally, we are also the deciders. You know, if you get down to first principles on product management, we decide what to build and we make mistakes because we're human. But obviously to be effective product managers is you want to make fewer mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes that product people, deciders, make is to decide to build a solution for a problem that no one has. This is really the big reason that these questions that we ask are so important. In fact, that's the stakes for getting good at doing market discovery. It really helps us not make that decision to build something that nobody cares about because we're doing market discovery to make sure there's a problem, to make sure that people will pay for the solution to the problem and all those sorts of things. Ideally, we're doing that all the time and we have a whole list of problems that we could solve and we get to choose of all of these problems that are worth solving, which ones, which one is the best one for us to focus on. That's the ideal. In any case, we don't want to decide to build something that nobody wants. And that's the fundamental reason why market discovery is important. And of course, if we decide to solve a problem, then we want to make sure that the solution is going to be good enough to sell, to excite the clients, to solve the problem. And that's why doing all those solution time questioning is also good. Let's talk about three things you can start doing today to put these ideas into practice. I love, I really love this. What surprised you question? What surprised you about the situation, the thing you did, the place you went, the experience you had, you can ask it when you're doing market discovery with clients, you can probably do it as part of solution discovery as well. I'd have to think about that a little bit. It's also really good if you're having a conversation with someone and they're telling you about something they did and you can say, well, what was the most surprising thing about that experience? And they'll probably have a really interesting answer. So that's the first thing. Use that what surprised you question. The second thing is using questions for solution discovery. So I recommend you make a list of good questions for solution discovery, and you can start with mine, which I'll include in the show notes. It's only really two questions that I talked about already. And then finally, for the deciding piece. So I've talked about decision-making hacks in some of the previous episodes. Episode 89, uh, secretsofpm.com slash 89, has three of my favorite decision-making hacks. Those are from the book Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. And they are, of course, just questions. You ask yourself some questions. If my friend had to make this decision, what would I advise them to do? That's a good way to get separated, but you always put it to yourself in the form of a question. Now, the fundamental decision, of course, is what to build. And so make sure you're building a solution to a real problem. And fundamentally, that's about asking the right questions. In this episode, three main points about asking good questions. Of course, questions are critical for market discovery, as we really covered in the previous episode and for your day-to-day conversations, particularly when you want to go a little deeper. You can also explore solution space with good questions, not just for problem finding, but also for problem solving. And asking good questions is one of the best ways to improve your decision-making. Since you're the decider, that's great for your job and your career. So that's it for this episode. You can find the show notes at secretsofpm.com slash 115. I'll have links to the Joshua Miller information, including his course, links to a few great books on asking questions, 
and link a link to that book, Decisive, by Chip and Dan Heath. It's my favorite book on decision-making. Please consider dropping me a line or a comment. I always love that. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you do, please put a note in your connection request saying that you heard me on the podcast. I'd love to be connected, but I need some context. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.